With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shaker Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay will and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Special podcast. This is actually recorded on Friday. Uh, it's with Brianna Garza, who is a shooting coach and a mentor. It was incredible. I would first say it's it's good to listen to over audio. I think that you should understand a lot of the things, but it's much, much better on YouTube. So if you go to YouTube, just search Down to Dunk. Subscribe to the channel. You should do that anyways. Like the video. Do all those things. You will be able to see clips as she kind of breaks down the shooting motions of Josh Giddy, Shay, Dort, Isaiah Joe, uh, J-Dub as well. Uh, it's so cool. And you really should go see the video in order for it to all kind of come together. But I think it, a lot of it works just fine as an audio standalone but I would direct you there. Also, let's get those U- those YouTube subs up. Come on, get us over 4,000. Can we get over 4,000 this week? I think we should be able to do that. Uh, please help us do that. Uh, hope you guys enjoy the show. And without further ado, here is the podcast with Brianna. With me today, it's a special podcast. My new friend, Brianna Garza, who is a shooting coach and a mentor, you can follow her on Instagram at ShootersXShoot70 and also on Twitter at ShootersXShoot. Brianna, thanks for joining the show. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what you do on a day-to-day basis? And then you're actually going to help us take a look at the uh, the shots of different Thunder players and uh, kind of diagnose and tell us what you see Uh which I think will be really fun. But yeah, tell us what you do on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, so um, the Shooter Shoot brand is, is mentorship first. It's based in uh, on a very foundational level, teaching people how to shoot their shot, how to believe in themselves through the medium of shooting. So on a day-to-day, it just uh, it really depends on where I'm at. Today, uh, we woke up, we shot some content for... Um, I, I train online, so we shot some content with some... Uh, two other female trainers and uh, went through a little workout with one trainer that I brought down from Portland. Um, We'll get that content up later. We run uh, camps and clinics. We do Sunday night meetings for athletes that um, provides a safe space for them to talk about the hard stuff, failure, you know, what to do when making mistakes and how to overcome uh, those sorts of things. So uh, we travel to do it. And uh, this is actually day 
352 on the road for me wow. building, building this business. So it's been a fun ride. That's awesome. So I found you. I was uh, just scrolling through Instagram and my algorithm has a lot of basketball stuff. And your video about Russell Westbrook's shot came across my feed. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's brilliant. She like broke it down better than almost anybody. And like I've covered the Thunder for over a decade now. You know, we've talked we've we've talked a lot about Russell Westbrook's shot. That's been that's been a topic yeah. of conversation. And the way you broke it down was so brilliant. I was like, oh my gosh, what if I could get her to come on and talk about Josh Kitty and J Dub and Dort and all these guys? And so when you answered my Instagram DM, I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> She's gonna come on the show. She's gonna talk about it. So um I think a really good place to start when talking about the Thunder is Josh Giddy. He's kind of like the center of like, if he can shoot, everything is going to work out perfectly for him in his career kind of thing. And yeah. so I wanted to take a look at his shot from last year. So I have like a few clips of that and yeah. then um, take a look at his shot this year and then kind of compare and contrast. Tell me what you see as far as improvement uh, and then maybe what you know he can do to get better. So here, here, so if you are listening to this, I'd recommend that you go to YouTube, one, subscribe to our YouTube page. You're going to see these clips, and then we're going to talk through it. I think that you'll understand what we're talking about, but I think it's easier if you have the video to go alongside. So here's Josh, his rookie year shooting. Obviously, this shot goes in. Everything looks, looks and feels better when the shot goes in. Um, I just am curious to see your take on just his general form, his rookie season, um, and just kind of what you're seeing from him and just kind of these short clips. And I'll play them again. Yeah. So you can talk through uh, the video if you'd like. Yeah, I think the first thing I noticed, well, some of them are off the catch, some of them are off the dribble, which, um, you know, with, with uh, Giddy's shot, um, the way I'm looking at it now, it looks like there's a lot of um, movements only upward, mm -hmm. right? Once he gets the ball, then it's just upward movement. There's no really uh, like dip involved, even on a small level, uh, which is doable. And it's a it's a really hard skill in shooting is learning to shoot without any dip or any uh, allowing the ball to redirect down off the dribble. It's a little bit different because you're using the momentum from the ground up into the shot. Mm hmm. So with uh, Giddy, specifically at the clips that I've looked at from his last year, um, I see the same. He's added a little bit of a redirect down into his shot. Do you have clips from this year? Yeah, here's twenty. Here's some from t this year. Yeah, so see how he, now he's redirecting down into the center of his body rather than keeping it up at his chest area. You can probably see it here too. Yep. Yeah. So whereas before it was just kind of stop and go up, now it's stop, allow your ball to, to dip into your center area for a little bit more rhythm. With Giddy specifically, um, what's interesting and I think what could help Josh and his shot, obviously these are NBA players, like they're some of the best shooters in the world. Right. Um, what I think could help Giddy is his dip doesn't, it does sometimes, but doesn't always um, isn't always a contributing factor to his rhythm or his power. Hmm. Sometimes he'll catch the ball and he'll stop right in the middle. Rather than letting the ball naturally, rhythmically dip and go up, he'll stop it here. And then it's he's he's very tight in this area. And some, some shooters can can 
be tight in this and it's fine. So I'm not saying he has to change anything necessarily. Most of these guys shouldn't change their shot. In fact, it's just more about augmenting. How can we make it better? And I think what would benefit uh, Giddy is on the catch, allowing that redirect like he is now this year, but allowing that dip to happen with more rhythm and it less be less of a stop and then starts all the way up because then you're only generating power from the center of your body and an upward movement. Whereas Newton's third law is every action has an equal and opposite reaction. If we allow the ball to naturally dip down so that we can redirect it up, yeah. that's going to his rhythm and a lot with uh, some of the like choppiness we sometimes see in his shot. Yeah, that, it makes a ton of sense. I've actually been, I've got kids that are uh, eight and 11 that love to hoop. And I've been watching, watching a lot of your videos. And the dip is something like, oh my gosh, I got to show my 11-year-old this. Because it's not something that I grew up, like coaches telling me to do. Um, in fact, they probably told me not to. Right, <laughs> right, same. And so watching your videos, like, oh my gosh, because I was doing it myself out outside. And I was like, oh, like I have so much more power like this. And yeah. so I just thought that was really fascinating. And you and I did see that when I was looking at Giddy's 22 and 23, I was like, oh, he actually, it's not real drastic, but there is like a little bit of change there where like the rhythm does come a little bit more like central for him. And then he's yeah, able to fire so let away. Me, um, let me share. Uh, can I, can I share on this thing? Um, I don't know. I've never had a guest try to share. I would like for you to try to share. Let me see if we okay. can. Yeah, I think it's going to let me. Okay. Um, sorry, your screen. Okay, uh, great. Can you see my screen? Yep. Sweet. Okay, so here is Giddy. Um, here's a couple of examples of um, kind of what we're seeing. So as he's about to catch this shot here, um, See, that, that one looked better to me. Mm -hmm. um, watch how he redirects the ball down, but then it's like smoothly comes back up. There's yep. no stop to it as far as um, when he catches. However, here's something we do see is I want you to, um, Andrew, to look as he's lifting the ball up. I want mm -hmm. you to see if if right in that shoulder pocket, if you can see the the speed change in his shot. Are you able to see that right? Mm -hmm. Yes. There. Yep. Yeah. And so that's what I see in a lot of elite players too. My WNBA client, Emma Cannon, she had something similar where it's, it's a control thing. Um, right there. We want to stop for control, like for accuracy and aim. Yeah. But really by doing that, we're undoing the work we've already done. Mm. A lot of giddy shots are off the, the, the misses are off the front of the rim. And yep. that's why, because when you generate power, if you stop it at all, through this lift process, then that's going to naturally remove power from your shot, which is why we see a lot of Giddy's misses uh, miss short. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh oh, I lost Brianna for a second. She's going to come back. Um, but that makes a lot of sense. It does feel a little robotic at times uh, when Giddy's shooting it, and that's a really good explanation as to why, as to when when he's stopping the shot. Um. Let me make sure Brianna's got this link again, and then we'll let her let her back in. Here she is. My bad. No, you're good. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> um, no, I think that's a. I think that's really good. I think that it. He's he's a little mechanical with it so far, and it's going to take 
I think it just takes time. He and the good thing about Giddy is that he's willing to put in the work uh, to get the shot right, which I think I know. I've heard a lot of stories about pros that are just like, yeah, I'm. I've gotten all the way here. I'm not changing my shot. Like this shot has yeah. gotten me to the point where I'm making tens or hundreds of millions of dollars. Like why would I take a step back in order to get it yeah. better? And he he seems to be at least for now, like willing to take a step back to get better. Yeah, and I don't even I think even using like that language, like changing your shot, like we're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we're not changing your shot. Like your shot a giddy shot's not gonna look like my shot. It's not gonna yep. look like Lou's shot. It's not gonna look like William, you know, Jay Will's shot. But so it's like even using that language, especially when working with pros or lead actors. See if I it's gonna experiment with some things that I've really seen work for you. Hmm. Yeah. No, I think that makes sense. We lost you just for a second, but I got you back now. Um okay. Anything else on Josh? I think one thing that people have talked about with him too is just his ability to draw fouls as he gets to the, to the line. And I don't know if you've seen anything specifically about him, uh, just in his ability to drive. That's like kind of keeping him from getting to the free throw line. Yeah, I think that's not really my lane. If I'm being honest, that's with okay. You. That's okay. Yeah, I don't really want to speak on. I mean, like basketball sense is like you know drawing contact being clever in the way you draw contact because mm-hmm. i mean Giddy can move like i love the way he moves the way yep. he flows with the ball um but that's not uh, exactly my lane of study like maybe down sure. the maybe down the line but um yeah i'm not sure i can really speak on that specifically yeah i i want to ask you about shay and okay. specifically about his jump from the free throw line he went from 81% to 90%. He's also a career 35% three-point shooter. Um, I'm just curious where you think he needs to improve as a shooter overall. I have a I have a one clip of just a step-back jumper, but you may have other stuff yeah. up for Shea. Um, but I'll throw this up there. I just wonder what you think about his... Obviously, he's he shoots it very well from the line, and his deep-range ball just hasn't been as good in the last couple of years. And I don't know if there's something that you see in that from him. Yeah. I think um, with Shay's shot one, I mean, his jump from the free throw line for a free throw is such a weird shot. Cause there's no other shot in basketball like it. Yeah. I think if he's jumped to 91%, then what he's doing is working. I mean, numbers don't lie. When it comes to his outside shot, he's one of uh, a minority of players who shoot a higher percentage off the dribble yeah. uh, threes than they do off the catch. Um, and I I think why is very very similar to uh, Giddy, and that there are literally there's just some stops in his shots. Um, we were uh, I was I was going over these uh, these shots with um, my my director of. Uh, a mentorship and she's a, a professional shooter her name is, is Cassie Breen and um let me share my screen and, and not yep. exit out of the <laughs> studio this time uh, and I'll show you what I, what I mean so there's um like you mentioned about Giddy being a bit mechanical um Shay can do the same thing can you see my screen yep yeah so watch um there's like actually what I'm seeing is three separate uh, changes of directions and changes of speed in mm. Shay's outside shot. So stop, stop, stop. Um, so he kind of stops it on the catch. So it's like, 
(laughs) like there's three different speed changes and again like this shot is so good he's shooting straight it's very it looks very comfortable but he doesn't continue like clay thompson once described his shot as an upside down waterfall where it was completely smooth Hmm. and flowed on the way up and the reason that is a more advantageous shot is because with less noise with less variables with less stops there are there are fewer things that can go wrong inside of your shot and so when we watch Shay shoot, I mean, all of the, the major pieces are there, but we see a stop, a stop, mm. and a go. Mm-hmm. Are you able to are you able to, to recognize that? Yes. Yes. It's so subtle, but even that speed change and the way that he um he sometimes pushes his body away from the ball yep. rather than pushing his energy through it. Watch how his his chest will sort of move back, almost like the ball is heavier than him. Are you able to see that yeah. that just little bit of head movement there? Mm-hmm. And so again, it's very very subtle. And basketball is a game of centimeters when it comes to shooting. Um, and so that's what I majorly see. If I were to work with Shay, um, then it literally. Again, I wouldn't change anything. I would just help him feel shooting through those teeny tiny stops or or speed changes inside of his shot. Yeah. How hard is that to do? Honestly, not hard. Can you see me now? Or are you still seeing the screen? I can see you. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's honestly not that hard. Like, I mean, it takes very deliberate reps, but I but this is one of the most common problems I see, especially in elite level shooters. Um, is that little stop for control because we are so um, apt on being accurate with our shot. So it's really just putting them into different exercises where uh, sometimes you have them just grab the ball from the floor and they have to shoot straight up with no stop. Sometimes you have them pound the ball and go straight up into their shot. And once they can feel it, and and that's the difference is, is can you help them feel something different? Hmm. That even though it feels a little funny, it doesn't feel wrong for them. Um, and can you level and say like, this isn't changing your shot. This is just redirecting the physics just a little bit to make it easier for you. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to smoothing out shots, I really haven't had it too tough of a time doing that. Um, uh, it's just a matter of, of can you cue the different athletes do different cues, different athletes need different weight analogies or way to understand things. What sometimes some athletes need to see it visually. Some athletes are just really applied. They just need to do it. So it's just serving the athlete as a teacher hmm. more than anything. Yeah, that's really cool. That's a really cool way to think about it. Uh, let's talk about J-Dub, Jalen Williams. Okay. Um, I think I have a couple clips here. Mm. I'm just curious what you see in him. Because he, he shot it really well in college and then kind of struggled out the gate but really started to get on track throughout the year. Um, I'm just curious what you see in his shot. I love J. Will's shot. I love J. Will's shot. J. Dub. Literally. Uh, so, so, sorry, J. Dub. Yeah, My yeah. bad. No, you're good. Uh, you're good. J. Dub shot. Um, uh, if you'll play those three clips again. Yep. And I'll talk through them. Um, watch his feet. They hardly move any, in any positive direction at all. Most shooters, especially when shooting outside, they, they want their energy 
from feet from their feet to their hands to go towards the basket yeah. where he very much jumps and lands in the same place. Yep. If he would redirect that energy forward, all of those misses we saw were short. Again, everything else to me, obviously I haven't worked with them one-on-one. So there's, you know, there's only so much you can tell by film, but if J-Dub gets his energy, his positive energy going at the rim, his shot is so simple. His shot line is very, very easy to repeat. So that to me just seems like, let's get your energy as if somebody's pushing you in the back. I've done that with some of my athletes where they'll shoot and I'll actually push their hips forward Mm. while they're shooting so they can feel that forward energy. And usually some of those shots start to go in and and it that helps them click a little bit. So that's the literally J Dub shot is so pretty. Interesting. So, uh, yeah. That's that's what I'm seeing from him. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought so too. I'm like I don't know. I don't think that there's much that he needs to do at all. I think that he's just going to be a good shooter at the NBA level as long as he continues to put the work in. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to like correct you in a mean way about J Will and J Dub. We have we just have two Jalen Williamses on our team, and it's just ultra confusing. So okay, okay, yeah. I uh, I don't think I, I I think I was thinking they were two different. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. No, yeah. I don't feel uh, so. Jalen Jalen Williams from Arkansas, the big man. They call him Jay Will, and uh, then and then Jay Dub is the guy from Santa Clara that we're watching. So got it, got it, got it. Yes. Uh, okay, I, I think that one's pretty simple. I he's also just compared to like Josh Giddy, he looks like a traditional NBA superstar. And so it's like easier for people to look, oh, like I can see the trajectory of him. Whereas with Josh's game, he he has like one of the most fun games to watch for right. me, but he's so different. Like there's no, there's not like, people love comps when you're talking about basketball. And like the comps that you get when you're talking about Giddy, it's like, well, maybe, maybe he's like Jason Kidd. And it's like, well, you don't really want to go that far. And like then is he like Lonzo Ball, and it's like, well, he's not really like Lonzo Ball. He can kind of score a little bit more than Lonzo did, but I don't know. He, that's what's tough about him is like, there's no really great comp for him. So people are like, well, let's just talk about his weaknesses, and we'll just put, <laughs> put, put it to the side because we don't know how to talk about him. Right. Um, okay. Let's talk about Isaiah Joe. I'm gonna put some clips of Isaiah him. Joe up. Um, he. Obviously, was a revelation in OKC this past year with the way that he shot the basketball. Um, mm. He really brought a lot to the table. This this is not a good shooting team for almost since the Thunder have been in Oklahoma City. They've not have been a good shooting team, but they picked this guy up, uh, and he was he was amazing from kind of minute one that he got out on the court. Uh, so, I just what do you see in his jumper, and what what makes him such a good three-point shooter yeah I think that uh Isaiah um he has a very large um lever so your lever is going to be you know your whole shoulder connect bicep connected to your forearm he has a really large lever movement and he actually brings the ball back like onto his head uh quite a bit more than than shooters like Steph Curry or shooters like Clay but he does it the same way every time. So this isn't a, a negative for him. Like this is the way he shoots. I think specifically what is so dangerous about Isaiah Joe is his trajectory. Um, his drop angle has so is so good. It's got so much room for error. It's not too high. It's probably, you know, among shooters, like a little bit on the higher end of, of drop angles. And by drop angle, I mean the angle that it's dropping into the basket. Hmm. 
but his drop angle has so much wiggle room for error. So as long as he doesn't miss left or right, yeah. then he has a lot of room front and back to, to, you know, for the ball to drop in, even if he misses by just a little bit yeah. um, on his misses that I've noticed um, it has more to do with this, this lever closing this angle. Um, there was the, the analogy I like to use is pretending there's an egg right here. And, and if you mm. come back too hard, you break the egg. Yeah. When I see some of his misses, that's what I usually see happen because he naturally sets it kind of up a little bit more than, you know, other shooters that we study. Um, because, and then that causes just some complication within the shot. And so I, I love Isaiah. So I, I remember watching the first OKC um, game where I saw him play. I like stopped and rewind. Like, who is that guy? I love <laughs> that. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's a little unconventional from the way that like I would teach a shooter. But he keeps it the same every time. It's very much his, and I think that's why he's had so much success with it. At the end of the year, he dipped a little bit, um, and it's hard to – that was one of the questions you asked me, and, and it's yep. hard to make inferences about a shooter like that when you see such a drastic change without being there. I mean, there's no telling what was happening on a psychological level, sure. on um, – you know, without being kind of in it, it's it's really hard to. I mean, because I, I reviewed those shots from from earlier in the year and from you know later on in the year, mm -hmm. and there's not much of a change outside of there were some times when we see misses. There was a, like a little bit more movement here than and less stability um, in this angle, but that was also hit or miss. So um, it's hard to say. I think shooters too. Like this is the process, the journey of being a shooter is we go through slumps and and we keep it moving. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And like, just as people, there's like so many factors. It's like never truly one thing, you know, with, with right. anybody when things change, you know, it's probably a lot of different things. Um, but yeah, no, that's really interesting. I really appreciate your perspective on that. Uh, okay. Let's talk about Lou Dort. I think you have Lou, do you have a Lou Dort story for me or like Lou Dort stories Lou for me? Dort. Yes, okay. I do. So um, I spent a little bit of time in Phoenix um, a couple of years ago, uh, I was uh, training with uh, PGC Phoenix when they had a facility there, and we shared a facility with Phil Beckner. Okay. Uh, and so Phil had his guys there; he was constantly working out. We were, you know, allowed to observe, and um, I saw Lou Dort there on many occasions. Uh, the first story it doesn't have anything to do with the shot, mm -hmm. but I was watching them play uh, like constrained pickup five on five, you know, with like a ten second shot clock instead of a instead of a regular shot clock, and. I don't remember who he was guarding or who he was playing against, but it was a guy. It was a huge guy, like an overseas guy, but he was probably six, eight two seventy. I mean, just a monster. <laughs> and that guy comes off of a screen and Lou meets him on the other side of the screen. And that guy lowers his shoulder to go through and Lou Dort just stands there, doesn't even put his hands out, just stands there with the chest <laughs> in, like a grown-ass man, <laughs> like, stops him. And I was like, oh, my God. It was like hitting a brick wall. And I, that was the first time I really was like, yo, Lou is different, yep. different, different, on, especially on the defensive end. Like, mm -hmm. I can't imagine being guarded by Lou Dort. So glad I don't ever have to experience that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was my first Lou Dort story. Uh -huh. Um my second Lou Dort story does have to do with his shot. Yeah. As I was watching Lou shoot, um, and I see several really meaty players, like guys that are just super freakishly strong. I see this in a lot of their shots, and 
it's uh, and I'll share my screen. Or can you still see my screen if I switch I'll, tabs? I'll sh I'll share it. Yeah, yeah. I can see it now. Okay. I can add it. Yeah, switch tabs. Go ahead and switch tabs. Okay, okay. Yep. Great. Yep, we're good. Okay. Now. And so this is it's hard to see. I wish we had some zoom in on Synergy, but right. with male players, uh, I'm, it's not male players with uh, really strong meaty players. What we sometimes see is on their shot. Um, watch his wrist. I don't know if this is a good angle. So it's he doesn't. He keeps his wrist really, really strong, mm -hmm. and and it pushes forward. His whole forearm pushes forward before he starts his his wrist flick. Mm -hmm. And so let's see if you can see it here. So the ball's coming forward, and then he flicks his wrist. So that's not really a good angle. Let me see a different one. So, so imagine um, you're trying to um, you're trying to shoot a ball, um, and your hands under the ball. And usually, when you shoot, everything comes up and releases uh, in in a one smooth motion kind of thing. With Lou, it's like his forearm starts to come forward before his yeah. wrist flick starts. Mm -hmm. Are you able to see that? It's so mm -hmm. subtle. Mm -hmm. So you're still moving forward there. And his hand, it's like his wrist is too straight. It's yeah. its already behind the ball rather than underneath it. Yeah. And so that's really like, I think if Lou could find a way to stay underneath the ball for a little longer rather than coming forward through it into the wrist, uh, or the wrist flexion. So here he's behind it, and then he, and then he releases. Yeah, it's very subtle. And I noticed this about him up close when I was uh, when I was studying him because I just kept staring at it and I was like, "What's happening?" Because I can't like when I try to do that physically, I can't. And so it's almost like he's he's lifting the ball up and he's got full control. Push, and there, it's almost like a wiggle movement. Um, mm. Are you able to see that or? Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about because I've watched him and the way you're describing it like is so accurate because I've, I've watched him up close a ton and it is definitely like two different motions that are kind of happening there with him instead of one fluid, which is kind of like the theme of yeah. all these players is like when there are like multiple pieces of your shot, it sounds like there's just more room for error totally 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 i mean that's like a really simple way to um to keep yourself honest is uh, um can you try it again try it again on, did I, did on I lose you? no try it again on the synergy tab if you want to oh yeah go go ahead can you hear me Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Okay. No, I think no, I think that's really I think that's really good stuff trying to analyze his shot in particular because it is inconsistent, you know, he's he can be really streaky. Um you think like that is a result of just like the the two different motions or are there other things that you see with him? Is there anything about like the way he lands or the way he takes off from his shot? You know, I think so. He's got so much strength and power, uh, like coming from his body. It's it's with with guys like Lou. It's almost like they have to really 
redirect everything into more of an arm shot because mm. if they really use their full body like Lou should be shooting from the target center logo and <laughs> you know that would probably be like like Steph shooting a regular three right yeah. just because he's so massive yeah um, and so the yeah this in like so this release looks nice and smooth compared to the the clip we just looked at before like there's not really like he's under the ball the whole time rather than behind it and he's and he's forced to do that because he's got cat closing can you share can you share your screen again so that we can see oh, it oh yeah i'm sorry yeah one thing i noticed with him when he was at arizona state is that the ball would go so high that it would often go out of the shot of the camera even and then come back into the shot of the camera because it's like I don't know if that's just the strength thing or what it is, but like he would shoot it so so high. Yeah, I mean, and so like I'm personally working on my my own release point too because it's such a like that piece alone can be such an art. Yeah, you know. So the two clips we watched of Lou before, um, there was nobody on him, nobody closing out. Here, there's Cat closing out, and he's yeah. so he's forced to lift and stay under the ball for longer. Yeah. And so you can even see how that's like a prettier shot yeah. than the two clips we watched before. And it's because it's forced to stay under and get above that closeout here. That's a really good shot for, for Lou. That is and so, so interesting. Yeah. 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 And so really, again, it's how do we remove noise? How do we remove variables uh, from their shots? And how do we make that feel like theirs? Because we can say, hey, stop doing this thing with your wrist. Um, we could say whatever but it's like how do we describe that thing isolate that that one habit throughout the rest of their shot i'm teaching myself how to play golf right now how to swing a golf club because mm -hmm. i think it's going to make me a better shooting coach and it's incredibly difficult <laughs> to, <laughs> to play golf because there's so many different pieces um and it's like how do you just isolate that one thing without the rest of it cascading yeah. um and for for lou again there's not a change that's needed there's just an, like, we need to augment. How do we get you to continue up th uh, through and slow? I don't know if you've seen Steve Steven Adams shoot when he was with OKC for a little while. Yes. He did that same weird yep. thing with his wrist because he's just so massive. So strong, um, yeah. So it's got to have to do, it has to do with, um, like, I, I don't know the actual reason, um, you know, kinesthetically, I haven't, uh, I haven't studied that exactly, but it has to do with some of these really massive guys having a hard time controlling this thing that this object that ends up being twice as light for them comparatively than for regular people like us. Hmm. Yeah, that is, that is fascinating. And the last shot that you showed where he's a little bit more fluid cause he's got to stay under the ball. He shoots it so much better from the corners and guys will actually close out to him on the corners. But when he's kind of top of the key, like they're like, all right, man, good luck. <laughs> yeah. So, you. so that's, that's really interesting to think about like how that may like that could just be a reason that he just has to adjust the way he shoots when somebody's closing out to him and it's actually better for him um which it's is better for a lot of shooters yeah that's really fascinating and meant i mean mentally it is too like we've watched a lot of guys that have like not been great shooters in oklahoma city and when they're not guarded for 82 games I, it gets in their head a little bit you know they don't it's not it's not good for them <laughs> to have nobody close out to them yeah, yeah. And that's like the way you practice, the way you um, introduce variables. Um, Rob Fodor, who's the shooting coach for Miami, does a fantastic job of like 
really making sure they see closeouts from like seven different angles from the, for the same shot. So you could be taking the same sort of shot, right, from the baseline or from this or from that. But even getting your, again, like getting used to the noise um, of all these different closeouts to say, okay, I can still get this thing to feel right, whether somebody's closing out uh, from this direction, that direction, or not at all. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, when you're that strong, like, it's, it's just a, like, can you have a shooter have that sort of muscle mass? Like, can you find the the medium for those shooters? I think would be an would be an excellent like, just experiment. Like, yeah. if I could get in with a bodybuilder, could I teach a bodybuilder how to be a knockdown shooter with all of that strength? Uh, would be an interesting uh, shooting with strangers. Yeah, that is interesting. Do you, do you think that Lou will just be a streaky shooter, or do you think that there's ability to? you know create more consistency within that or you just kind of like this is kind of who he is what are your thoughts no i think anybody can become a great shooter i think it's just finding it there's an art and a science to it Mm -hmm. the science is you know shooting smooth removing variables making things less complicated the art is how do we do that within the context of you and your body and your strength Mm -hmm. Uh, we all walk different we all talk different we have different dna nobody's going to be exactly the same so it's it's my job or, or you know the shooting coach's job to say okay how can we take this thing that we have that anybody can do, you can certainly do it. How do we make it feel like yours in a way that's going to be conducive to you putting the ball in the hole? Yeah. Do you know Chip England at all? Or do you know anything about his style? Yeah, I, I've, I've never, I haven't had the pleasure of meeting him, but um, yeah, he's like one of the godfathers of like yeah. <laughs> shooting coaches. Yeah. Um, I don't know much of his style. I've read a lot of, 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 you know, what he teaches. And, you know, I teach very similar things to Chip. Um, but I haven't had the pleasure of watching him in action. Yeah. Have you? I mean, in very limited capacity. The thing about him that I think is kind of his like trademark almost is just his positive energy. When he is like he is bebopping around the court every <laughs> single game. And he has the biggest smile, and he's always talking to people about their family. You know, he's talking to people about all kinds of things, and he always has a big smile on his face. And you can, he kind of changes the energy of the room when he kind of walks in, which I think is part of that. Like, I mean, you, you even said like part of your your thing is like mentorship and then shooting, and so you can't. It doesn't seem like you can really separate the two. Or at least you shouldn't separate the two. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what that's such a cool that's such a cool thing to learn about Chip because like shooting is so closely tied to player confidence. Yeah. So especially in the league, like where you're literally your livelihood can depend on it. And if you walk into a gym thinking like I'm not sure about my shot, then I mean, that's, that's make or break. And, but if you walk into a gym and you're a little unsure about your shot, but your shooting coach isn't like that says something in and of itself. And then the yeah. work obviously he did with Kawhi and simplifying Kawhi's shot from college to, to where it is now. Kawhi's yeah. got one of the simplest motions now. Um, but it's very, you know, un, it's, it's not like anybody else's. It's kind it's, you know, people think he shoots kind of flat just because of the way it comes up or this or that, but that worked for Kawhi. Um, because he he was with an expert, he studied with that, did the art and the science thing together, and said, "Kawhi, this is you. This is yours now." Yep. Uh, Giddy told a story about how Chip told him, 
that he needs to stop trying to prove to people that he can shoot mm, because like so he would, he felt that way. And a lot of times Giddy is Giddy like definitely has that in his DNA because he didn't play on like the, the biggest teams in Australia as he was growing up as a teenager, he kind of like was a little bit late to the party. And I think he, he felt like he should have been there earlier. And so like, once he actually got there, he's like, all right, I'm going to, kill these fools like here we go yeah um yeah which is a great thing about him it's like part of what makes him great but i think also he was obviously taking that a little bit too far like trying to like oh i you say i can't shoot i'm gonna prove it to you and like he's like no no no. (laughs) don't do that don't try to prove to people that you can shoot just just do your thing like we're gonna we're gonna get there like but you just have to do your thing and stop trying to prove people wrong with your shot you know just let your game do the talking kind of thing yeah, I think there's two pieces to that. I, I think there's, um, it's less, I think all of us have, you know, athletes anyway, maybe I can't speak for all of us, but in my experience, like I've had some success in like that prove people wrong mindset, like sure. go ahead and doubt me. You know, I think yeah. there are, there is something there, but then I think it, yeah, there's a balance between, okay, do you let that drive you up to a point to where it's no longer about proving people wrong. Now it's just about proving yourself right. Yeah. Um, in, in the balance. And then the second piece is, and it's so hard to say as a pro, right. Where again, like this sport is what your livelihood, your family depends on. And also remembering it's still just basketball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's, it's still just basketball. Yeah. And Max Hooper, he's a, he's on the, in the player development staff for the Dallas Mavericks. Um, he was known for going an entire season without taking a dribble and without shooting a two-pointer. He shot all threes uh, that entire – it was like 285 or maybe it was across his junior year. I don't remember exactly, but it was something bananas like that. Um, and Max, you know, he shared this with me, and this was a story that was that was very public, so I, I feel comfortable sharing this. Um, Max shared with me that he lost his dad um, hmm. in the middle of this time where – he was very much like putting so much pressure on himself to perform and, and he was going through a huge shooting slump because you just, that was who he was supposed to be. And then when he lost his dad, it, it kind of, it put it into perspective that, you know, this is just a game and it's so easy to get lost in that when you're playing at such a high level, it's yeah. so easy to get lost. And so I think a lot of the psychological difficulty, a lot of the misses that or slumps or whatever that come that these guys are up against, it's, it's that it's because of the environment that the NBA can often create of like, this is, you have to be this because of this sport, this thing that was meant to be play. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's so easy to get lost in that. And it's so easy for me to say, you know, not in those shoes. It's easy for me to say that too. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. 
Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I think it's something the Thunder do pretty well is kind of insulate their players from right. all the outside noise stuff and sometimes like making my job not as easy. Um, but <laughs> I think it is good for those guys to a large degree that they can kind of focus on what the important things are in their life because the NBA is a big soap opera. It's the biggest soap opera, you know, <laughs> like people love, and that's why people love it. It's like people love that story when Dylan Brooks, when the Memphis Grizzlies are like, oh, Dylan Brooks is not coming back to Memphis under any circumstances. Everybody's like, oh yeah, like I'm going to text my friend about this. You know, it's just drama. And yeah. if you can, some guys thrive in that, like Draymond obviously thrives in it, that he's created his own podcast and like, that's how he functions. But I think right. most players don't want that. <laughs> don't want to be right. a part of those stories. Uh, like Steph specifically, like stays out of that stuff. Like he, he's been on the Warriors for all these years. And like, how many times do we hear anything about Steph? Like outside yeah. of like how great he is. It's like, it's never, which is pretty cool. It's kind of, it's just so interesting to think about how all these guys function. And like the Thunder players specifically don't want to be a part of that noise either. And so they do. Yeah. It's such a, I, I've, I've had this conversation more than once about how, it, you know, despite the Thunder being such a young team, the way they carry themselves is very like, they stand out for that, for, yeah. for that same reason. It's good dudes, good dudes who are, who are there to hoop they're, you know, and they're not there to, to mess around and do the, you know, the extracurriculars or whatever. Um, that has been something that like many of my friends in the NBA, like we've had that same conversation about the Thunder. And I mm-hmm. think that's in the long run, like going to be such a benefit to, and I think it speaks a lot to the leadership um, in that organization and, and what they're bringing in, what they're standing for, the culture that they're creating is, and the NBA can be really, really difficult to, to create. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, I have a few more questions and then we'll let you go. Sure. So a couple years ago, um, McKelly, who's one of my co-hosts, um, he did this stat analysis on the importance of passing and discovered uh, mm-hmm. that it affected shots quite a bit and so he found that shots that were low were the worst or that passes that were low were the worst uh, do you think that that's real you know I, th- I think they looked at like russell westbrook and they looked at john wall and maybe a couple other point guards and when the ball was low they just shot the their shooters just shot a, a worse percentage have you have you found that to be true yes um i think the the obvious reason or the one the reason that screams kind of at me is 
a lot of shooting is rhythm. Yeah. A lot of shooting is being able to get into your rhythm, get into your loading the, the same way every time. And if you have to catch the ball below your knees, unless you really rep that out, which some players do, Clay does, I've seen videos of Trey Young doing that too. Unless you really rep that out, having to bend low and then again, all of your energy just goes up rather than being able to redirect into your rhythm and, and shooting. That is a super, super difficult shot. Um, and so, yeah, low passes completely take away any sort of rhythm that shooters can get into. Um, high passes even, you can still grab a high pass, get it into your rhythm, yeah. and and it still be okay. But a low pass, is me- that means you just have to flow up. Not impossible, but very, very difficult. Hmm. Another thing that's kind of been in the, with the Thunder in the past is they'll they'll draft guys that have like really long wingspans and they're super quick, but don't have much ability to shoot the ball from the outside, and then try to make them into outside shooters, mostly corner three point shooters. That we Andre Robertson is like a a big one, and then like Dort is another one that has had more success than Dre did. But um, is there like a tell when you're like, okay, this guy's not ever going to be like a real three-point shooter in the league. Um, you kind of touched on that earlier that maybe the answer is no, but like, is there, yeah. is there kind of a tell with players? It's like, okay, you probably need to be like a dunker spot guy or maybe just finishing around the hoop kind of thing. I think it is more difficult for longer armed players okay. to be, knockdown shooters because they they just have more room for error there's like more that's happening in that whole you know so when we see guys like Wimby be knockdown shooters like it the reason it looks so amazing for him is because he's figured out how to shoot like a short arm person yeah even though he has long arms Hmm. um that's one reason longer arm people generally have bigger hands and so that can be difficult too in your hands when it's like shooting a grapefruit for you like that could be very difficult um, <laughs> yeah. to shoot basketball. Yeah. Um, so as far as tells go, when you when you're not sure, I'm not going to say who it is, but there was a seven footer that I, I've worked with um, that had popped in and out of the league in the G League that we he we he really didn't know if he was left handed or right handed. I would say <laughs> that happens more often wow. than you would think. Wow. Um, that is so like, interesting. Because shooting is so, like, can you describe any other movement that mimics shooting? No. The best, the best way I've I've had it, I've heard it described was was when Rob Fodor was passed it to the basket, which was a really beautiful way to explain it. And then I uh, I ran a a camp for uh, it was in Idaho and my first group was third and fourth graders mm-hmm. and there was one fourth grader uh, his name was Honor and I uh, Honor had uh, kind of a muscular learning disability and so he could do this movement where he could lift and he could do this movement where he could extend but he was having a really hard time putting it together and so we just kind of stopped the reps and I asked him Honor. Like, what does this look like? What does this be? And I just shot a couple of times. What does it look like to you if you had to describe it really simply? And he goes, magnet hands to floppy wrist. And I was like, <laughs> great. <laughs> and I said, I said, well, awesome. what else? Because he, I could see his mm. wheels still turning. Mm. And I said, what else? And he said, like, jumping up on tall monkey bars. And I was like, mm. obviously, <laughs> that's what this is. And yeah. then he had one more that was so creative. And so, um, Again, like, how do we 
simplify something so complicated into something like that flop magnet hands to floppy wrist obviously that's how we should we should describe shooting yeah. so when we have these guys with super long arms what is it like for them how can we just simply describe what it should feel like for them hmm. and then from there we can work backwards yeah that is really fascinating um okay last question being a floor spacer today has a lot to do with the ability to relocate how quickly you can get your shot up and then consistency versus overall percentage um first do you agree with this and then could you rank those three from easiest to hardest uh, for a player to learn yeah i think <laughs> i think shooting itself is like really really hard so these are like kind of like the things that happen before shooting yeah i think um what do you mean by consistency versus overall percentage um just can you shoot the same all the time um rather than just like just a giant sample i guess versus like the got giant it. sample got it got it um i think the ability to relocate is tough um yeah. because there's a lot that goes into that there's reading you know for other people around you plus their defenders plus you know after you pass our natural tendency is to like kind of chill and jog out. Whereas what it should be is pass and sprint and go, which is why we see so much success with Steph and Clay. Yeah. Um, Cause that's just part of their offense. Spurs basketball, you know, circa the two thousands, like, you know, that was their MO. That's not the natural tendency after we give up a pass. When we pass it, we think get out of the play rather than relocate. So yep. I think that one would be the toughest um, for me. Um, consistency versus overall percentage. I think that would be the second hardest um, because shooting the ball the same every time is what we tried to get to. Yeah. And I don't think that is necessarily difficult, um, but within a context of a game, the defense is coming at you. There's like footwork to get you into to a place where you couldn't, can't shoot the ball the same. Um, I think that's, uh, yeah, that, that's where I would rank it. It would, it would go second most difficult because really the, your consistency and shooting it the same every time is dependent on your ability to relocate, which is the one, you know, underneath that. Yeah. Um, and shooting fast is, yeah, you just got to make yourself do it. I think that's the easiest one is, you know, go into your reps, you know, that day or go into a specifically with some of my athletes will separate days by speed days and power days. So today, every single time you're shooting, like our one thing is you're getting them up uncomfortably fast. It's going to mm. make you miss more shots but get them all up uncomfortably faster. For some shooters, I'll use a shooting machine and I'll put that thing at one second. And I was like, well, you better shoot because this thing is going to hit you in your hands if you're not ready for it. So, and then your shots speed up. So I think that's definitely the easiest one mm -hmm. um, to do. The most difficult is having the know-how to relocate and the reaction to relocate and then knowing what to do with your feet on the relocate yeah. is that those are all really, really tough things. Um, and so I would say the consistency comes from that. Uh, so that's why I would put that in the middle. Hmm. Uh, what do you think? Yeah. I, I see that it, relocating is not something that's natural for a lot of guys in the league, that it's a, it's a very much a skill, the ability to do that. Really Isaiah Joe's the only guy on the team that knows how to do it naturally shooter, um, shooter. everybody else is off the dribble or standstill you know he's he's constantly moving which is like oh 
that's kind of cool that we have a guy that does that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Those guys are hard to find. And um, yeah, that's, there's, I mean, there's guys in this upcoming draft that can do that, which, you know, I think I know, I know a lot of people that would really like the Thunder to gra- grab another one of those guys. Another shooter. Um, so everybody's got room for one. Yes. I mean, Jordan Hawkins is definitely one that, I think of when I think about somebody that relocates really well, like he's a madman running around the court. Um, he's so fun. Yeah. He was, he's really fun. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's just, it's just more rare. I think to find guys that can do that. I think it's easier to find guys that can stand in the corner and hit a three. Um, but that guys that can bend the defense with their Mm. relocation is like, Oh, Great language. I love that language, bending the defense. Yeah, those guys are special. Um, Okay, one last question. Whose shot do you think has a better chance of improving, Josh Giddy or Lou Dort? A better chance of improving? Gosh, that's a loaded question. It's a very loaded Um, question. Yeah, I think immediately, uh, Shea. I mean, I'm sorry, not Shea, Josh. Um, Mm. Josh Giddy because everything's there everything's like i wouldn't change anything about about josh's shot it's just keep shooting like keep like go smooth don't stop don't speed change all of that and if he can do that then my guy's gonna be lights out and that's just me calling my shot yeah Um, no pun intended but yeah i think if josh can figure out how to shoot smooth through that speed change in his shot the whole it's going to be totally different for him. And I really don't think it'll take long. I just think it would take some deliberate reps of like, let me just only focus, even if it makes me miss for these first several shots, um, can I just shoot smooth through this and then let my body meet in the middle? I think, I think Josh would have the easiest time adjusting with, with uh, Lou. I, I think Lou is a guy I would have to work with in person to kind of feel out um, and see a little bit closer because there's yeah. some nuances that maybe we try to wiggle around an experiment or maybe we just like leave that exactly how it is. And, and it's just something else that's small. Hmm. Um, yeah. So I think Josh would have the easiest time. Okay. Go follow Brianna on Instagram. <laughs> it's a very cool account because it, it will help you with your own shot. Like if you're playing pick up basketball ever or if you're just like like me i'm i literally play one-on-one with my 11 year old probably every day or every other day if it's not raining we're outside um and there's been like a couple things where like oh i feel like brianna unlocked something in my shot today um it's very good you should go follow it uh at shooters x shoot 70 and then i think it's just shooter shooters x shoot on twitter um you can find her there um, anything else that we can help you promote because you, I've already taken way too much of your time. No, no. Um, I think part of what I do is, um, you know, every dollar that comes in from the clothing brand piece of shooters shoot, um, we donate, uh, a portion of, of each of all proceeds to the women's sports foundation, cool. um, continuing to boost women in sports. So, uh, we work really hard, um, on creating some, some gear that's, that speaks for something and stands for something. So if you're looking for a t-shirt as a gift or a sweater or joggers or whatever, uh, we've, uh, that provides donations to a bigger cause. Awesome. And the website for that? Uh, shootersxshootbrand.com. Okay. Very good. Go check it out. Go check out all of her stuff. Uh, thank you so much for all your time today. Uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much.